All right, guys, welcome to the Pursuing Purpose podcast, episode one. My name is BC Serna, and I'm so excited that you're here listening. Um, and this is a new adventure for me. I'm a filmmaker and storyteller. I've been able and so blessed to travel the world for the last 11 years telling stories of organizations and people making a difference and changing the world. Um, and I'm also a, a youth mentor, and I work a lot with high school kids throughout the world and mostly throughout the U.S., um, I've been a young life leader for five years, and uh, there's a lot of different pieces and aspects of what I've done in the last 11 years, and, and I've been so fortunate and curious, and I'm excited to take this next adventure and journey down the path of podcasts. I love podcasts. I'm always inspired to listen to more intimate stories and behind-the-scenes stories. I think YouTube's been fun, um, but you know, there's a camera, like I, even this right now, I wanted to film it and do an episode with YouTube, but then I just kind of wanted to make the camera disappear and feel more confident and comfortable talking in front of a mic, which is really actually uncomfortable for me. I know most people think I'm, uh, very confident on stage or with a microphone or, um, telling my story, but I, I'm still learning how to do that. I'm still learning how to process my story. I'm still learning how to, um, explain and, and break down my story, um, but I think this podcast is going to be a fun adventure trying to do that, trying to like fine-tune and clear my message and my mission, um, because it's been very ups and up and down and all over the place for the last 11 years. I've never really been put in one category or ever been one defined as one thing. I'm, I'm a very like ADD person where I, I need to keep doing different things and moving, but but I can say um, this first episode is just going to be me kind of talking about my past and my story a little bit more so people can get to know me. Uh, I've never really dove in deep on my own story, um, how I started, the middle points, the highs, the lows. And so I'm really excited to try to do that. Um, like I said, I'm really nervous. I'm really uncomfortable. This is my first episode, but thank you so much for checking it out. Throughout this series of this podcast, I'm going to interview pretty um, awesome and encouraging and amazing and people live in their purpose and people tr still trying to find their purpose. I don't want to interview just successful creatives and social entrepreneurs and all these things. I want to interview just kind of everyday people who are just in the midst of it, you know, that you can relate to um, a little bit easier. And so, yeah, the Pursuing Purpose podcast is going to be uh, a podcast about that exact thing. And what does it mean? What does it feel? What is it? Uh, what is the definition of purpose maybe? Um, I think everyone has a different kind of journey they're on and uh, I want to pursue the the purpose behind you know why you're here, why we're here and uh, on a kind of fun level. And so um, I think a lot of podcasts, a lot of TED Talks, a lot of books talk about success and happiness and um, success meaning you know X, Y, and Z of money, accolades, fame, um, and happiness meaning joy and you know travel in the world and all these different things and, and I kept meeting people who who you know glorify their success and happiness but still felt so empty at the end of the day still felt so directionless still felt so confused on on their mission and what they're doing um, and I think the beautiful thing about purpose is it's bigger than ourself it's really um it's not about us and so I think there's something beautiful to that because when we're looking at ourselves, our health, if, if our fitness, if our body, if our body looks a certain way, if our, money, our bank account looks a certain way, our clothes, our car looks a certain way, I think um, we get really caught up in obviously comparing. Even if you're really successful with nice money and car and everything like this, like, like it, you're still comparing, you know? But I think when you think of purpose and you take the next leap outside of your bubble of just like, okay, what is what is life on the other side of me? 
and um, why are people that have less than me more fulfilled and more you know at peace and aligned than me? And so that is like I guess the journey we're taking on this podcast. And um, thank you so much again. And so I'll start with my story. Uh, this is the first episode. Um, I'm currently 30 years old. I started traveling when I was 19. I went to college in Dallas, Texas to play basketball. I got injured and um, walked up to this guy that had a table um, at my school and he looked really lonely and bored. So I walked up and I said, hey man, what are you promoting here? And he said, hey, we're traveling program that goes around the world and stays with host families and volunteers and performs a show. And and uh, I wasn't really interested because I've heard things like that before, but I, I never had money. I never had, um, my parents were helping me with college and I never, I was you know going in debt slowly in college and I was going to school for kinesiology and sports medicine. I wanted to be a personal trainer originally um, for little kids. I wanted to teach kids about obesity and health and that was kind of like what I was going to school for. And this guy told me about this program and said, do you want to apply? And I didn't really have interest in applying, but he insisted that I just try it. And I thought, why? It couldn't hurt. I could practice and, you know, for the next job I applied to, which I was applying to a job the next week, so it made sense. So I interviewed, and uh, it's like a $15,000 program, so it was really just comedical. Like, it was really, like, just funny. And, um, and so then he said, uh, well, we have a performing arts aspect and I used to dance. Um, I'd been in a school musical. I used to dance for Radio Disney when I was in high school and I did, was in the school musical at my college for one semester too. And he said, we have a performing piece and we need males in this next group coming up. Do you want to travel in January? And this is like mid December of 2000. Oh gosh. I, I have no idea. This was 2007 maybe. And he said, do you want to travel January 2008? And I laughed and I was like, okay, so that's a couple weeks away. How does that work? And he said, we'll apply for a scholarship. So I apply for a scholarship and get like a full ride and um, call my mom. And I'm like, mom, I think I'm going to travel in this program. It's called Up With People. And I think they travel the world, stay with host families and volunteer. I don't really know. And at this point, I didn't really, I wasn't too much of like an activist. Like I didn't really volunteer. I didn't really know about the world. I didn't know about myself or, or like purpose or possibilities or potential and, and like who I can be as a leader. Um, I was like a junior Young Life leader when I was in Young Life in high school. And that was kind of the only thing I ever did. And the only time I ever volunteered was when I broke the elevator, like the little handicap elevator in my high school. Me and my best friend broke it and we had to volunteer like, community service work for a couple weeks and uh, that's the only time I ever volunteered and so uh, it was punishment. So in my mind, I was like volunteering. So um, yeah, so I get in this program a couple weeks later, I joined this cast, this group of 120 students from like 25 different countries and so it was 120 young adults, college age students and they were from 25 different countries and I start meeting people from Sweden and and uh, Germany and Philippines and um, all these different places and and um, we start traveling and staying with host families and it was unreal and amazing and it was kind of the first bubble pop I had where I was like whoa I'm a bubbled American who only knew you know barely knew states inside my own country barely knew what languages were spoken or what currencies were used around the world um, didn't even know much much about religions I thought I was like a Christian but now I'm like meeting all these different beliefs and religions and, and studying all of it. And I lived with monks at one point. And 
So we're traveling, and after six months, um, they're looking for jobs for this program. And I was the least qualified out of everyone who applied. I remember there was 35 people who applied for this job. It was to go to the Philippines for three months and organize a tour for this this group. And um, the very the day before the application, like all the interviews and stuff were due, I remember just laying in bed, and we were in Thailand, and God just put on my heart. God's like, "Hey, go talk to this guy about this job," and I was like what? Like, that makes no sense. I mean, whatever, you know, it means that God talks to you. It's just kind of, it was kind of like this internal, like, I guess, like thing I felt and heard that I didn't understand. I didn't agree with because I didn't want the job because I was too scared to go live in the Philippines at that time. I was only 19. Uh, but I go talk to the guy and he interviews me and out of like 30 or 35 people who applied, I remember most of them had college degrees. Um, and had much more experience, but for some crazy reason, this dude named Paul Whitaker uh, gave me the job at 19 years old, no experience in life. Uh, and I've moved, I've lived in the Philippines for about three months, like in the slums, and I um, worked there finding host families and volunteer work and community service of like, just how to get, in, you know, and culture experiences, it was unreal. And then I got a job with Up With People, and so that was what the organization was called. So for about three and a half years, from 19 to 23, I traveled around the world. It was my dream job. I literally, it was the hardest job I ever did. It was by far so hard, but absolutely so amazing and fun. And that's when I picked up a camera and I started like figuring out how videos work and photography works. And I traveled the world and I was getting paid very little, very, very little getting paid. Um, it was like 500 bucks a month, but I wasn't paying for much. And at that time it was, it was the dream job. And so I remember being 23 and I was like praying and I was like, all right, God, like what is the biggest need in the entire world? And I was still very naive, but I've traveled for, you know, three years or so. And I was like praying and meditating and journaling and reflecting. I was like, what's the biggest need in the world? I want to go do that. Cause I, I had my dream job. So I'm 23 years old. I have my dream job. I could literally probably do the rest of my life. It was so fun. So amazing. And I remember I wanted to, I always knew that job would be there. So I was like, okay, if this job's here, if the bar's here, how can I push myself even further to challenge myself creatively and um, physically, mentally, spiritually, all these different things and know that I can come back to this. And so I remember, yeah, anyway, I was praying, meditating. And I was like, what's the biggest thing in the world? I want to go do it. And I was journaling and I was like, is it like water, clean water in Africa? Should I go to parts of Africa and like help with clean water projects? Should I go to Asia and like help with orphans? And just, I want to go do whatever the, the biggest need in the world is. And I remember, this was crazy. God was like, hey, go back home to the U.S. and work with youth. Work with young people. And I thought to myself, what? That sounds like the opposite of what I want to do. I remember being like, that's the least coolest thing and the least exciting and the least impactful in my brain that I can muster up to like think to do. And he's like, you were this really naive, like closed kid American bubble kid and you transformed like you transformed to have empathy instead of apathy you transformed to have like purpose and passion and he's like if you can transform then anyone can and 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 uh go work with young people and let them awaken to these truths before it's not not before it's too late it just I was kind of upset when I started traveling when I was 19 because I was like why didn't I why didn't no one tell me this in high school why didn't no one like inspire me in high school I don't remember ever like having like this was before, I mean, Facebook just started, I think then, but this was before Instagram was a thing and the internet was, you know, as, as connected as it is now. But I was like, oh man, I wish someone came to me, my best friend in high school and inspired us when we were 
sophomores and juniors to like help change the world or volunteer locally and start food drives and homeless you know projects and so anyway he told me to move back home so I'm 23 years old have my dream job traveling the world and I moved back home back to my parents house and you know everyone's like are you finally gonna go back to college like this was a time even now I know it's very frowned upon to maybe travel and do a study abroad but 11 years ago to not go to college was so unheard of and so crazy and everyone even though I'm traveling the world doing all these things people are still like okay but when are you going back to college like you you have to go back to college you have to that's that's what you do that's every single resume that you see says four-year college degree needed so I go back and everyone's you know kind of asking me this and I'm like I have a little bit of money and I'm just like okay do I a go to college even though I don't know what to major in B, buy some camera equipment and try to do videos because I like doing videos. Or like C, try to start a nonprofit or something like that. So I went with B and C, my name, I know, crazy. I just thought of that. But I, I got some camera equipment and was just, I, w- I loved telling stories when I was traveling. I learned how to take pictures. I learned how to make videos. And I just loved doing it. I loved the feeling. I could create a video and make myself cry, but even someone else cry. I can really, I could reach through a screen and captivate someone's heart. And I just was obsessed with it. So I went around Denver and was just doing free videos for nonprofits, like just trying to help nonprofits tell their stories. I didn't know about frame rate or ISO or F-stop or shutter speed or um, memory space on a computer. I literally would just push record on the Canon Rebel T1i, the very first like HD DLSR camera and, uh, would went to open die movie and just started making videos. And that's how I taught myself and, uh, was just doing it for free just cause I wanted to. And then out of nowhere, some guy gives me a hundred bucks to make a video. And I felt like I scammed him. I felt like I ripped him off. I felt horrible. I was like, I can't take this money, but this is insane. I just got paid to make a video and I feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. So he gave me a hundred bucks and slowly people, you know, started paying me a hundred bucks here. I was still doing a lot of free ones, but just, you know, a little bit piece by piece. And then one day some guy's like, do you want to come to Africa with me and do some videos for my nonprofit? You have to raise some money. So I raised some money and went to uh, Kenya, Uganda, and Rwanda for a month with him and uh, I had to put my own money into it. And so, you know, there's like this quote, this saying that says, your passion is what you do, even if someone didn't pay you, which is so true. Like when you're passionate about something, you're just gonna do it when no one's paying you. It's, you know, but I think your passion to push it even another level deep, your passion is something you would pay to do. And so, you know, to think that I gotta travel the world and do videos, I was putting my own money towards it. I was raising money, which back then raising money was, I couldn't raise a hundred bucks to my, like I couldn't raise a hundred dollars. It was hard to raise a hundred bucks, you know, that long ago. And so I raised my own money. I put my own money towards it and I worked really hard to go there. And I got there and made videos. And then soon organizations just started bringing me around the world. At first it was just, you know, they were covering my flight and stay. And then uh, slowly started having budgets to pay me. Um, so that's kind of how the video side started. And then, yeah, so I moved back home. I'm 23 years old and God just said, work with youth of America, like, or youth in the, in the USA and awaken them to what you wish someone awakened you to and be the person you wish you had growing up kind of thing. And so I start, um, looking at different organizations, different mentoring organizations, and then Young Life, um, the organization I was part of in high school that kind of like helped me in a lot of different ways in my life and my faith and journey and walk. Um, Young Life from the east side of Denver, inner city Denver, like asked me to come be a volunteer. And I remember just like thinking, no way, like I can't do it. Like you could put me anywhere in the world and I'm going to culturally understand, like, get, like I could try foods and 
do different things and sleep in really tough situations and adapt pretty well. And, but I remember thinking like, I'm a suburban white kid. Like I can't go to the, you know, the hood and be, like relate or be accepted or like connect with these students. And so I was really scared. And then that God was like, yeah, but that's what you wanted. That's what you wanted to get out of your comfort zone and try something that's harder than traveling the world. And I was like, all right. So I did it, fell in love with the community, moved into the community and, um, I lived to the east side of Denver and mentored kids for four or five years. Um, and it was, without a doubt, the most transformational, powerful, meaningful, most, whatever you can call it, the most amazing you know, thing I've ever done in my life. And, and I remember, this is probably like a really big piece of the story, but I remember when I first started, I'm like, yeah, 23, probably maybe 24, I don't know, 23 or so. And I started and I went to camp with them. With, we went to have a Young Life camp. And I remember God saying to me like, um, hey, BC, that's really cool and exciting that you want to like change the world and like make videos and, you know, do big things. He's like, that's so cool. And he's like, if you want to keep doing that, go for it. He's like, I support you. But at the end of the day, when you're on your deathbed and you're about to die, if all you did was love these kids, these students on the east side, um, if you just loved him really well, he's like, I'll call you successful. And I remember thinking like, what? I was like, you mean I don't have to like, you know, get them baptized or bring them to Jesus or God or whatever? He's like, nah, nah, don't worry about that. He goes, just love them really, really well and just be really, you know, loving to them. And it was crazy. So it lifted this kind of like huge weight off my shoulders because I always wanted to do these huge grandos things and speak in you know, front of thousands of high school kids and travel the world and have these viral videos. And God was like, hey man, do all that if you want. That's cool, that's sweet. But man, just love these kids really well. And so, yeah, I went into you know, this, this four or five years from 23 to gosh, like you know, 27, 28. Even then now, they're still like my, my little brothers. But um, I would travel for one week, uh, you know, out of like one or two months, I would just travel to different parts of the world, do videos for nonprofits, come back home, and all of my time and energy and money went into these students. And uh, it took them to lunch almost every single day. They stayed at my house. We hung out. Like, we just, you know, got crazy together. I taught them all how to drive, got them, you know, help with their driver's license and permits and getting jobs, all that stuff. And it was just fun. It was so good. And I learned more about, you know, time and love and the world and life in that little circle than any part of the world ever taught me about anything. So I always try to get people to serve locally. And, and, and most, more, more, most importantly, my biggest message to the world has always been mentorship. I got asked to do a TEDx talk like years, a long time ago. And I was thinking, you know, you sit there and I always ask people, what would their TED talk be if they, um, they got asked to do a TED talk. And I remember thinking, what's my message to the world? What do I want the world to know? Like, what, what is my TED talk? And back then I was just like mentorship. I was like, super simple. Like just one person helping one more person that's younger than them be the person you wish you had growing up. And that was my message. And until this day, it still is. I, I've built schools and orphanages and hospitals and around the world and helped with water projects, all of these crazy things that have helped communities and, you know, towns and all that stuff and it'll never be as incredible as this mentorship this brotherhood that I had with these students and these kids and uh yeah that's what I always come back to is, is mentorship is like my biggest message to the world and what I really want to build up leaders and so this whole podcast is going to be about purpose and 
a lot of what I'm going to talk about is probably mentorship. And so anyway, so yeah. And then, yeah, I would say that my twenties, so I'm 30 now, I've been doing this 11 years, but the highlights of my twenties, number one highlight was one of my, um, Okay, so one of my dreams when I came back home when I was 23 was like I wanted to take high school kids around the world. So this time I'm taking college students around the world for three and a half years, um, and it was amazing. And I remember just being like, I want to start people younger because I remember I'm meeting a lot of college students and they were already kind of like burnt out or bitter or in debt. And I was like, all right, if I can get kids in high school to travel the world and become awakened of purpose and passions, all these things sooner, they won't have to go into debt in college or choose majors they don't like or you know have a lot of these mess ups. And so. Yeah, slowly but surely started taking high school kids around the world, and it was mostly suburban kids um, through different programs and projects that I, I sometimes helped start or helped fund. And then, um, but I remember always thinking that um, my my young life students was kind of like I took them to camp, and we started like you know going to camps in different states was fun. But I was like, this is the ultimate ultimate dream and goal is to get my students from the east side of Denver to travel the world, to get passports and go somewhere. So the first time it happened was Jerome, one of my students since, I mean, I think freshman year, uh, the freaking sweetest dude on the planet. I'm, I'm in love with him. And uh, he, I talked to him and he was a senior and I was like, hey bro, do you wanna go to Nicaragua with me and help build homes like in the slums? And he's like, bro, more than ever, like, let's do this. And so we raised some money, uh, a couple thousand dollars, and we did it. And we went to Nicaragua and boarding the plane with him and getting his passport. I like, there's a YouTube video about it if you haven't seen it, but it's, it was a crazy highlight. Like my life was, I was just on a whole another level of high. Like you, you can't even put success and and happiness in the same story or spectrum. It was like, like purpose. Like it was, it was. It was it. It was like a euphoric feeling I'll never be able to express into words. Um, so that was one of them. And the second one, I think I would say the top moment of my 20s of like my life was Devante Swain, another one of my students from the east side. Uh, we call him Baby Swain. You've probably seen him maybe in photos or videos or stuff. But he went to college, struggled the first year, went to play football, incredible athlete, incredible basketball, football player. But he said, uh, after his first year, we're, it's summer break now, and we're eating Denny's, like down the street, we're eating at Denny's, me and Trayvell and Devante, and Devante goes, hey man, I don't know about this college thing right now, man, he goes, would, would you mind, like, what is this program you did when you were 19, up with people? And he's like, maybe I should do that. And I remember I pulled my phone out and called the person who was in charge of admissions and up with people, and literally just handed it to Vontae and I was like, hey, I was like, hey, Nicole, I think her name was Nicole. I was like, hey, Nicole, talk to Vontae. This isn't this, this. And Vontae's talking to him. Next day he applies and interviews, gets accepted. And then they call me and we do a scholarship for him. And there's an African-American scholarship for the program. And um, he gets a $10,000 scholarship. And then they call me the next day and they say, all right, BC, well, he, we, that $10,000 scholarship is only going to be good um, till July, the next group. He's like, they're like, can you raise $8,000 in, in like 20 days in three weeks? And I go, yeah, yeah, I could do it. They're like, are you sure? You know, we want him to come, but I don't think that, you know, that doesn't seem possible. And I was like, no, nah, my God is bigger than, you know, my obstacles. And so I remember just being like, oh, God, well, this is the most amount of money I will ever raise. And this is the most important project I've ever been a part of. Let's do this. I was terrified. I mean, I was literally calculating in my brain like how many people would donate per day for 20 days to raise $8,000. And um, 
launched it, made a video, made an announcement about it. And I think we raised, you know, seven, eight thousand dollars in a couple of weeks. And we made the, I think in maybe 10 days, two weeks. And we made the payment and uh, got him a passport. And um, he traveled around the world for seven months and made friends all around the world. And, and it was, it was, uh, it was unreal. It was, yeah, highlight of my entire life, I guess, so far. Um, but yeah, and so. I guess that's, we've been going for like 20 minutes now, but that's like, I guess like my kind of, I want, I'd much rather do Q and A's. It's kind of always weird to talk about myself. Um, um, but I love Q and A's. So I'm going to do some podcasts and episodes where there's questions and stuff, but I would say the lowest part of my twenties. Um, and I refer my twenties a lot because that's like, just, I'm passionate about the twenties. I'm passionate about people using their twenties wisely and and for something bigger and greater. And that's going to, what my next project's about. That's what this podcast is about. Um, the lowest was I did live out of my car for like a year. My dad died of cancer and it was the worst, hardest thing I've ever went through in my entire life. Like the, I mean, there's so much I wish I said to my dad, we butt heads a lot. We, we, I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, it's crazy, but it happened so fast. And that's for maybe another story, another podcast, but he passed away. I was living in this community house, um, with like seven dudes and, and that house got sold and we lost it. And, I kind of just like, I don't want to say I give up hope, but I was just like, you know what? Like, I'm just done trying to like fit into society and culture. So I was living in my car. No one really knew. Um, not even my young life kids knew. Uh, but I still, you know, took them to lunch every day and, and hung out with them every single day and loved on them as best I could. And, and I still, still making videos for nonprofits. Like I never really like disappeared because I, I really couldn't. Like my young life students kind of like, never knew my struggles or my problems and I never wanted them to. I didn't really think it was important. Um, but it was a lonely season. It was really low. I mean, living out of your car is kind of crazy and yeah, it was intense. It was, it was lonely for sure. It was hard, but you know, I always come back to like purpose because you know, there's a lot of philosophies, which I believe of like, you know, you got to fill your cup before filling others, which I totally agree on that stuff. But I also believe when there's something bigger than yourself, like purpose of like, my cup was empty. Like my dad passed away. I had no money. Um, I was making videos for nonprofits, you know, not making money. I was mentoring these, these, these students spending all my money on like lunch and dinner with these guys and whatever else they might need. And, and I remember thinking that, that philosophy and that quote of like, make sure your cup's full so you can pour into others. I remember my cup was empty, but I was still pouring into others and maybe it's not sustainable or maybe it's not, um, like the thing to preach or teach, but I I do believe like you can impact people and love on people and serve God without having like all your, you know, shit together. Like I just believe that. And so I always kind of like think like that. I I mean, that quote's good. Like, and I do, you know, you got to put your oxygen mask on before you put someone else's on like that whole analogy. And I get it, but definitely for me, I was, my cup was empty (laughs) and, uh, I guess it was empty of a lot of worldly things like money and stability and safety. Um, but man, I was like, you know, God's transforming these kids lives and all my young life students come from very difficult stories and families and backgrounds. And we've been through a lot of stuff together, a lot, a lot of crazy stuff, but yeah, that was, uh, probably the low of my twenties. Um, but yeah, we're about to hit 30 minutes and I just kind of wanted to do an intro. I'm really nervous about how this podcast is going to go, how I'm going to sound, how people are going to receive it, if people are going to listen. But, um, I want to do this first little 30 minute one about me just kind of introducing who I am that can get like a couple answers, you know, 
questions answered of people that might wonder about who I am or what I do. And uh, sorry, there's a plane going over my head. I don't want to. I don't know if you guys can hear it. I got this little microphone for like 30 bucks. And episode one, baby, pursuing purpose podcast. Um, there's going to be different episodes where I do monologues and just talk or have ideas. And then there's going to be episodes where I interview people. Mostly I'm going to interview people, but. I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for um, checking this out and hanging out. And I hope that something stuck with you. I hope you didn't just waste 30 minutes. But um, please reach out to me. Let me know what you think or comment. I don't know how this. I'm going to upload this yet. But I love you all. And I cannot wait to pursue purpose with you and pursue the conversations and curiosities about what does it mean to live for something bigger than yourself. I think I maybe just touched the surface on my story, but that was my story consolidated in 30 minutes. I shared a lot of things I've never really shared with people unless I've like talked in deep with you. But um, yeah, I can't thank you guys enough. Uh, my heart and my soul are, are happy about this next project, this next challenge. I'm, like I said, I'm nervous, I'm terrified, but I'm also excited. And I uh, love you guys. Thank you so much. And um, Pursuing Purpose Podcast Episode 1 is the finished. Bye, y'all.